From Studio A in Las Vegas, this is Cuba Pete, No Laughing Matter. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Joe Greer. I'm the founding dean of the College of Medicine at Roseman University here in Las Vegas. And this show is about the interaction of society with health and health education. With hopefully our guests, who are all spectacular, will give us ideas of what we need to do to change in our educational system in medicine to produce the doctor of the future. What do you want? Well, I have three extremely special folks here, two who I met just last Wednesday, <laughs> and one who I've had the honor and pleasure, the true honor and pleasure of meeting, a, a real force in the, not just the world of art, but in the world of what we're supposed to be doing. That's right. And uh, with that, I'm going to let you two introduce yourself because okay, I'm I want to get you guys to loosen up. <laughs> right. I want you to loosen up. Tell me who you are. Okay, I'm going to go first. Uh, my name is Yuvia Perez. Um, my name is Mars Valentino. And tell me a little about yourself. It was like, um, I, am, I am 18 years old and, uh, and I'm a senior. A senior. And where are you in high school? Uh, I like West Preparatory Academy. Fantastic. And how, what does that have to do with art? I was like, um, it's like a, it was like um, the school where they like, get to learn a little bit about art. So like um, we get to like um, explore a little bit more, whether it's like our career or our interest. Very good. And you were also with the thing there called the Core Academy, right? Yes. Is that part of the school for everybody or only certain students? It was like, uh, um, yes, it's a one, it's a program on one place on West Prep, and um, some kids outside of West Prep or like in other schools can um, come and come to visit West Prep to go and go to that and go to a core. Fantastic, Mark. How about you? Tell me about yourself. Um, I'm 17 years old. Um, I was born and raised here in Vegas. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm uh, also a senior at West Prep Academy, and um, yeah. <laughs> and, and the reason they're here is we have a program called Genesis. And in the Genesis program, the idea was to come out, because we go into the communities, the most vulnerable communities in there to take care of people in their households. This becomes important not just from a delivery system and, and offering everything possible for the family, but it, as an educator, it becomes vitally important for our physicians, future physicians. Where by actually becoming community dependent, not community engaged, we're community dependent, that changes the power differential. And by doing that, a doctor learns humility, and a doctor learns empathy, and a doctor learns compassion. There's a big difference between a doctor in their office looking at their electronic medical record and saying, oh, do you have a pest problem in your house? You say, yes as opposed to walking in and actually being a part of it and seeing the urgency behind that. And these cars are wrapped by artists. These two young women help design the heart on one of the cars whose theme is housing. Home is in, home is where the heart is. And it's beautiful. Now, how did this all come about? Well, Vicki at the medical school introduced us to Nancy Good. Let me tell you a little bit about Nancy. I'm so impressed. <laughs> okay. She's amazing. 
She is known for her mural size interactive works. She's so much more than that. She's a creator. She was born in Texas, and we're not going to hold that against you. She's lived as a young child in Japan, Montana, California, Tennessee, Illinois, before coming to Las Vegas 11 years ago. She's a world traveler. She studied classical voice and creative writing and art at Eureka College. Now get this, not only is she a photographer, a musician, an artist, she's a fly fishing guide, okay? <laughs> and a backpacker. A writer, but most importantly, what I see with her, she gives, she's a teacher. She's a giver and she cares for her community. That's why she opened the gallery, what was it, 2018, something like that? Yeah, four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago, Core Contemporary. She opened this because she wanted a place to provide exhibition opportunities for other artists. In four years, she's had over 300 artists display their works in her gallery. And it's for the community and for more. Her art leans into interpreting human search for meaning, what we all do. Apart from that, she was also a model and a mm -hmm. singer. She's got a CD out. At least one, I know, because I've seen it. Five. Five? Nice. She's got five CDs out. She, she, in 2020, she started the uh, Core Art Con Council. Concord. 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 Yeah, Core Sorry, Concord. I, That's okay. It's my second language. <laughs> this is art, but not for profit. It is dedicated to arts, culture, opportunities, education, community engagement, and focus in equity, tolerance, and inclusion. Something we hope that message gets out to all of our society. So here she is, this wonderful lady who not only designed the wrap for this car, but introduced us to Juan Muniz. Mm -hmm. And she is now stuck. She's stuck with Rosemont. I'm sorry, that, <laughs> that's it, okay? Because she's hey, also going to be coming in and teaching our students. My plan is working. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And so, you know, the purpose of that, this is for you all to tell me, what do we need to do better in my profession? Mm -hmm. And how do we do that by educating students? What role does art work? And can art really talk about these things, about mm -hmm. justice, tolerance, mm -hmm. respect? Yeah. All right, this is the quietest I've heard the three of you. Ask. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are gonna have to come up with some answers. <laughs> Bring the questions, yes. What would you suggest that I as an educator do differently in preparing doctors or admitting doctors or admitting medical students? Doing differently? Yes, because um, we obviously haven't gotten it right. We wouldn't right. have these disparities if we got it right. Um, I, I think one, one thing, which, because I know I'm not fully familiar with your entire program, um, but having classes around uh, the science behind how young brains develop with regard to art. Um, uh, I, I had an early childhood music and movement program for many years in Montana as oh, well, wow. and um, teaching parents how to role model in play for their children with movement, with uh, instruments, with a lot of percussion, a lot of hand percussion, and repetition. And when you start doing research about repetition, whether it's, you know, the, the drum or a stick or a clap, um, 
the frontal cortex of the brain develops and continues to develop. It's the same visually with uh, um, repetition in art that it, it helps the brain develop. And so uh, just very simply, uh, as a medical class um, on, on early childhood or early brain development and the tools that help strengthen that, which are based in art, very much so in art, but also in role modeling with uh, you know, parental units or, or caregivers or whoever. Um, but you know, movement, music, art, visual arts, um, it all. And, and one of the problems that we see in medical education are the students that we get first come in purely on quantitative measures, mm -hmm. nothing qualitative, mm -hmm. number one. Number two is they tend to be great at memorizing and horrible at critical thinking or creative thinking. So we actually have a philosopher who is one of our senior executive deans, and she actually chairs the Cambridge Consortium for Bioethics to teach them how to be critical thinkers. Mm -hmm. Because life is not an algorithm. And you know how you best learn to be a critical thinker? How's that? Play. Oh, really? Because when you're playing, your imagination is going. You're, you're thinking about new scenarios, new ideas. Um, when you're playing and learning even physically about your body in play, you're learning what you're capable of, what you're not capable of, uh, what's, what works, what doesn't work, and that supports your critical thinking. Well, we'll have the first medical school with playtime. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and as tired as they are, we'll have nap time. <laughs> Ladies, how about you? Like, oh. What has your experience been in, uh, in the world of healthcare? Like, um, um, main things like mainly I, I, I just would say, um, like main, like picking people with like a certain med medical, um, mental, mental intention thing. Like I can, like I have uh, autism that like affects, um, the way I talk to people or like how, like how I can, how I use my speech. And so, like, just like what she said, like, playing is like imagination to, to like, think of more scenarios and, like, that would inspire to, um, to think of more opportunities and to, to um, heal mentally. Um, well, um, one of my teachers um, always says this in class, um, if more people were interested in science, we wouldn't be in this pandemic right now. Um, so um, I feel a way that we can get more people interested in science and healthcare is to just show the community how important healthcare is and try to show the community like what healthcare can like do. I. Mm, I think, you know, no, keep going. You're, you're, you're doing great. Yes. Because yeah, the, the one of the things, the one thing I will tell you is I'm not a scientist. Mm -hmm. I'm a clinician. Mm. And there's a very different aspect to that. Scientists are generally those that are PhDs and do bench research or other types of research along with that. Mm. A lot of what we do in medicine is art. Interpreting, mm -hmm. building a relationship with your patient, building trust, which is yes. something that we saw with COVID, talking about COVID. There were a lot of communities that had no reason to trust my profession. Mm -hmm. Like trust is important. And without that trust, since we were sending them to work the front lines every day in the pandemic while everybody stayed home, why should they trust us with a vaccine? Mm -hmm. 
And you build trust by reaching out to somebody. You build trust by treating people as equals. Mm -hmm. To the point where we're gonna become the first medical school, and we've done this already, if you're in the community and you're teaching our students, guess what? You get a faculty appointment at the medical school. You don't have to be an MD. This is for those that teach and prepare our students. So why wouldn't somebody that's actually preparing the future workforce at our school be offered the same courtesy as to others? And it does come down, and we have HER is one of the models that we have there, and HER stands for humility, excellence, and respect. And it just so happens to be gender specific. But <laughs> we, we, we need to figure out another acronym. <laughs> no, no, I think that one's good. I think women make better doctors than men. We know that. They're more empathetic. Well, they listen. Well, that's what empathetic is. Yeah. So it becomes important. Now, if saying this, what would you have running through the four years of medical school? Oh, my goodness. Um, because taking a class isn't going to make a difference. No. They're going to forget that. Mm -hmm. No, and it comes back to play for me. It, um, your comment about building relationships and being based in trust, it, it reminded me in, uh, of an experience I had when I was, I was playing music full-time, living in a van with my two Pekingese. I was in Spokane, Washington in a little coffee shop that was also part of a grocery store. So I was playing music. The music was traveling throughout the whole grocery store, and I'd hear this disembodied clapping from grocery <laughs> aisles and, and uh, just kind of very, very surreal. But what I always did is I brought in other hand percussion and invited anybody who was with me in, in those type of gigs to play along with me. And, you know, I put sticks on the table, shakers on the table, tambourines, whatever. But I always had an ability to maintain the tempo. I had a porch board base where I could tap and so, you know, I wouldn't get lost, nobody would get lost, didn't matter what their personal rhythm was, you know, bring it, whatever it is. And at the end of the day, or end of the, the gig, um, I had a gentleman come up to me who had participated and, you know, people were helping me, you know, return the, the instruments to a box. And he's like, how did you know that would work? And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, how did you know that everybody would, would play? And it's like, well, I, I just trusted that they would. And he's like, but trust implies a relationship. And I looked at him, I said, exactly. And he, his eyes got really big and he's like, I'm a mental health care professional. I've never seen this happen. And, you know, because it's a public place. People aren't necessarily going to be successful musicians at their little coffee shop table. But they played, and they connected, and they enjoyed themselves, and they sang if they wanted to. And, and it was just this very simple type of thing. And, and those, those are the things that are so important to me, is to get us back to these simple moments of connection. And I think, I think that's possible in you know, a four-year curriculum, that it, it you know, can have a syllabus, but it doesn't have to be so rigid. At 100%, I mean, there's certain things that have to be rigid. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to prepare the clinician. But on the other hand, too, it also has to be an atmosphere of learning. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, academic medicine can be very toxic. It's the way I was trained and educated, it was I'm going to ask you questions until you get it wrong, which is the worst way in the yeah. world to teach. And unfortunately, in my profession in uh, academic medicine, very few doctors are trained on how to teach. 
And there's an old motto in medicine that says, see one, do one, teach one. That's not really a good way to teach. Not yeah. at all. And it's important. Also, medical school is the only graduate school that doesn't treat them like adult college graduates. <laughs> we still handhold them a lot. And so they've got to get to that position. We also got to get away from the first day of medical school, them telling the students are the brightest and the best. I've seen your work. You're a lot brighter than we are, I'll tell you that much, okay? You're a lot more creative. You have an outlook that's unbelievable. And the other thing that we need to do, in, which is art also, is the art of your narrative. Mm -hmm. The art of telling a story. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Well, if our society is so divided, both politically, mm -hmm. socially, the disparities in the society, we have to change that. And if we're producing future uh, change makers, if they can't tell a story, they can't make a change. And if they can't tell a story that is understood right. by the listener, and and I, you know, I as believe, opposed to the way we talk to patients, you mean? well, I, and I believe there's there's commonality in language. I mean, art, visual art, is a language. I, I almost. Uh, preach that, that the importance of it, because there are things um, that I paint that I can't say. You know, emotional um, experiences, uh, emotional pain, um, memories, ways to process things, ways to pro process um, social divides and inequities that words will pretty much kind of go over everybody's heads because they've heard them all before, but a visual piece that makes an emotion be felt, um, then then there's a different language that's happening and a and, different and communication. And it's a permanent piece. And it's a and it's a permanent piece. Um, but you know, I love finding the common denominators because we all have common denominators, no matter where we come from. We all want to feel safe. We all want to be fed. We all want to um, feel that we are seen and heard. And so, if if we're knowing that, well, let's start there. Let's start making sure that, you know, our neighbor is checked on and safe. Let's start with making sure that, um, you know, a student who's, who's brilliant has an opportunity that may not uh, otherwise come because of uh, inequities and in social determinants. Not just the inequities and in social determinants that occur there. We've become a society that is pricing kids out of college. Mm -hmm. We've become mm -hmm. a, a and, and our public education system has to change. Uh, we had done a study on the educational system in this country about 20 years ago with uh, an organization I sit on the board at the Durand Corporation. And we found out that one of the problems is it's called local school boards. And the problem with local school boards is a lot of people use that as a way to go for other political office mm -hmm. as opposed to being really wanting to deal with the education. And this is seen all over the country. Mm -hmm. This is not a regional specific. Just imagine if we truly did have federal standards for education, to make sure that our students are well prepared, but of which these two are, because, Mars, you said you wanted to be? I'm an English teacher. An English teacher. Yes. I think that's super cool. Yes. Uh, a graphic designer. A graphic mm -hmm. designer. So both of you are going to make the world better because you have already, so you have no choice but to continue to do that. You realize <laughs> that, don't you? Okay. Yes. Yes. You, you, you in, in many ways, become heroes to so many other people, and not just kids. I look at both of you mm -hmm. and I say, 
I wish I had the intestinal fortitude to try art at your age. I definitely don't have that intestinal fortitude to do it at my age. I'm oh, really good watch at watch me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at looking at art. Watch me. I love my love teaching my mixed media workshops because it's like anything goes. Really? Yeah. I might have to show up for that. Yeah. But then I'll probably get kicked out of class or put nah. in detention. Nah. <laughs> uh -oh. I'm not saying I had a lot of detentions in high school, but, but? I had my own chair <laughs> with my name on it. It said reserve. <laughs> well, I didn't I, I had problem teachers. That's okay. what happened, okay. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. Okay. Why don't you want to be a doctor? Like, um, be honest. I was like, I just think it's um, hard for me. I was, like, was like, I'm just more like interested in art more than science. And like, um, if I did go to college to, to become a doctor, uh, just like the the lot of um, information that I have to know, and the um, and the uh, the opportunity to um, to do something to do something to like any sick and to any of those sick people that is, that is like um, that is just scary to me. Well, that's that's one of the reasons not to be a doctor. The last one there, not to do that. <laughs> but I want you to know something: the graphic artists work harder than we do. Hmm. Okay, and it's not that hard to learn science. It just takes discipline. It really is. And we are not necessarily the smartest. We just work hard. And as a teacher, why don't you want to be a doctor? Um, I don't want to be a doctor because um, medical school is expensive. <laughs> That's a great point. Yes. <laughs> and um, not only that, um, when I was in grade school and now high school, um, science never really, like, stood out to me as something as, oh, I want to go into this profession. But um, with um, English, like everyone who taught it, they just had so much fun with it rather than with science. They just, is. Um, I'm not saying that my teachers did like a bad job, but like. Um, they didn't do a good enough one. <laughs> <laughs> I passed it's the like, class at least. <laughs> I don't blame them. <laughs> well, I started college as a political science major, and then the war was on, and uh, oh. I was very disillusioned with politics. So I went to philosophy. I'm really bad at yoga. So <laughs> I'm with both of my uh, children, by the way, were graduated college with degrees in philosophy. So I ended up in physics because I was good at math, and it was just an easy thing to do. And it was interesting because when my daughter was studying philosophy, uh, she was at Boston College, I would tell her, you know, that the basis of philosophy is mathematics, which is logic. A equals B, B equals C, A equals C. She goes, no, 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 no. Philosophy is the basis of mathematics. <laughs> so we came to the conclusion that since I was paying the tuition, <laughs> math wins. <laughs> yes. And yes. so when my son, who's a, uh, a professional improvisational comic, studied philosophy and theology, I was glad to hear that none of my children wanted to study math, science, or anything like that. <laughs> but actually, I'd prefer to have a philosophy major in medical school than a science major. Mm -hmm. I have a critical thinker mm -hmm. that can go through all these things, which both graphic arts and being an English teacher, you will have. 
And that's really, really important. And actually, I love the fact that English and graphic art, but the, the stories that are told. I grew up loving poetry. Mm. And uh, the, the poem that I memorized at the age of 12, and then later on in my adult life, I found out that this poet, who was a, po uh, a, a, a laureate for the United States, actually lived in South Florida. That was Robert Frost. Mm -hmm. And that was The Road Not Taken, mm -hmm. which it's stuck in my head. As a matter of fact, I have one of the stances up framed in our uh, wall. So the importance of that. My biggest disappointment in life was there was a poem I loved growing up called If by Runyard Kipling, was to find out what a racist and colonist he was. <laughs> and I said, well, I really like that poem, but I'm not going to tell anybody. Yeah, I mean, that's difficult when our heroes turn out to be not quite what we thought. Right. Um, and, and, you know, the older we get, the more we're able to discern the difference between, you know, who they are as an individual and their personal beliefs, and yet the language that still reaches across divides. And, I mean, I, it's, it's a dichotomy that's not necessarily solvable, but it helps us also support our critical thinking and going, ah, wait a minute, they thought this, they created this, but yet here they are doing this. Well, there, there, there's two lines in, in the poem that sort of guided me as I was going through life. One was, if, I, if you can walk with kings and not lose the common touch. Mm -hmm. And the other one was, which means be yourself, mm -hmm. don't be elitist. Mm -hmm. And the other one is, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. Mm -hmm. So that became important to me. Nancy, have, uh, your parents did a spectacular job with you, okay? <laughs> because to have a In different ways. <laughs> 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 because, well, look who you are. And uh, I had the pleasure of meeting your husband, mm -hmm. which I told him that I knew that we shared one thing in common. <laughs> we both married up. <laughs> and, uh, well, I give him a lot more credit than that, so he's, he's brilliant. That's, that's why it proves my point. He married up. <laughs> and with the talent in your giving and what you've done for this community, it was interesting because my wife had to fly back to Miami. My daughter's about to deliver our first grandchild. Oh. And with the people we've met here, people like yourself, people like you guys. Mm -hmm. We love this community. This is a great place mm -hmm. to be. I mean, it's a lot more diverse in South Florida. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't feel the burden of the herd mentality that you have to think like everybody. People allow you, mm -hmm. uh, people are courteous, people are nice. It's a great foodie town. <laughs> I was only 120 pounds when I got here two years ago. <laughs> and you can see what happened. The, but. I want to thank you, all three of you, for being on here and, uh, and for what you've done, especially the artwork. Nancy, you in particular. I think you are such a treasure to not just Las Vegas and not just the state or the country, but for the world and the example that you give. And we, I am so glad that Vicki introduced us to you, that I, that I want you to help us out with our curriculum as we go forward and say, how does art fit into here? Because art also teaches the student the art of observation. And you know how much that fits with my philosophy of hashtag it takes a village. Yes. We cannot do any of this, any of this separately 
and you are part of my village now too. Well, thank you for letting me in. Yeah. This is great. It really is. It, 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 it has been a true pleasure. Anything you guys would like to end up and say? Like, um... Say hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know if my mom is listening. She's like, uh, pretty sure she's working. Well, that's all right. It goes on YouTube. <laughs> like, well, okay. It's just, um, just happy to be here. We are thrilled to be here, that you're here. Mars? Um, I'm just glad to be here and to have this opportunity to talk about the community and stuff. <laughs> and to make it better. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Nancy. Joe. You are the deepest one here. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to end up with? Be kind. Consider that we all need the same things, that we all need love, we all need care, we all need compassion, we all need empathy. And we don't lose anything by sharing those things. So from Studio A in Las Vegas, thank you for listening. And the important message today is be kind. Thank you. When I play the maracas, I go chick chicky boom, chick chicky boom. 